Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome. My name is Jaren Fitzsimmons, and this is Fitz's Sports Show. Uh, make sure, if this is your first time here, or even if it's not your first time here, make sure to head on over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and type in Fitz's Sports Show and drop a follow. I'd greatly appreciate it. Today's episode, uh, well, first Friday, October 30th, 2020. Today's episode, we're going to talk about a little uh, Dallas Cowboys. Is it time for them to blow it up? We're going to talk about the Packers and why they should go get Will Fuller. And we're also going to talk uh, LaMelo Ball. It's going to be a good one. Make sure to stay tuned. Thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's hit the music and let's get right into it. recording thank you so much for being here once again this is your first time here make sure to drop a follow on social media i really am so happy you guys are here though it does mean the world to me it's a young podcast we're just getting up and started and going and i'd love to have you come along and you know really grow with me and grow with this podcast but that's enough of the sappy stuff uh, I was reading some Bleacher Report, as I usually do. I love the app. It's a place, you know, I like to get, I guess, kind of my sports news. And it's kind of a good thing for me creatively to kind of see what other people are talking about and see what kind of the buzz is and see how they craft their stories and craft their stuff. And I kind of like to use it. A lot of times I get a lot of content ideas from it based off of stuff that's trending. And it's kind of my place where I can go to look and see what topics are trending, what topics are interesting, and find things that I like to read about and I like to learn about. And I was reading an article about my favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, It was by Chris Rowling, uh, and it's titled, Dallas Cowboys Need to Blow It Up During 2020 NFL Trade Deadline. Um, The idea behind the article is the Cowboys should look to trade big names like Jalen Smith and Ezekiel Elliott. And this, honestly, got me thinking a little bit. First, we saw the news earlier this week. The Cowboys traded Everson Griffin for, I think, a six-round pick. They cut Don Tari Poe and Daryl Worley. And with those moves being made, the first thing, you know, as soon as I got the notification that those moves were made, my mind started turning. I started going towards, okay, what does this mean? And to me, it means two things. Um, it's telling us two things. First, those players were just bad, which they were. Everson Griffin wasn't what the Cowboys were hoping for when they signed in this offseason. Don Tari Poe, I mean, uh, I think Jerry Jones was very critical of him. He was overweight. He wasn't producing. The production numbers were down. He had, I think, seven tackles this season in as many games. So that's not what you want out of your big D lineman. And Darrell Worley was getting burned by a lot of receivers. And, you know, these are three guys the Cowboys brought in this offseason to hopefully bolster the roster. And, you know, they were seen as win-now moves, but really none of them panned out. So, you know... The first thought came to mind is, okay, they were just bad, and they just decided to move in a different direction, which I do agree with. I think that is a logical way of thinking. Or the second one is they are rebuilding. And that would make sense, too, if you don't know Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. This is a team and an owner that really is never in rebuild mode. And being the Dallas Cowboys, you can't really have the fortune of being able to, hey, we're just going to blow up the entire roster, and we're going to move forward with the rebuild the biggest brand in the NFL, biggest sports brand in the world, 
you're expected to be in contention every year or at least be hunting for the playoffs, which unfortunately in my case, fortunately for a lot of you guys who aren't Cowboys fans, the Cowboys have not been able to do this for a very long time, and it seems like they're stuck in a cycle. <clears throat> so to me, these moves tell me that they just thought these players were bad and they wanted to move in a, in a new direction. I'm not sure if I'm buying that they're trying to hit the reset button and rebuild. I think these players just weren't producing. I think they're assigned signees who they thought would help them contend and be in win-now mode. And it just didn't pan out that way, and Dallas decided to cut their losses and get out from under it while they can and try and you know bring some new guys in and get them into the fold. Uh, so I think it's more likely that they definitely decide just to move in a different direction. I don't think they're. this is a sign that they're rebuilding quite yet. Um... In my mind, I'm giving the Cowboys one more shot. I'm giving them Sunday night. And uh, here's why. I'm not... Because if they beat Philly on Sunday, they're 3-5, and five, and Philly would be 3-5-1. and one, So they're still very much in the hunt for first. Uh, maybe you can find some mojo. You can maybe sneak in the playoffs, and then you get Dak back next year. My expectations for this team is not that they're going to be a Super Bowl contending team. I don't think they're going to be a team that is going to wow the rest of the way. I think they're going to have ugly games, grinded out games, but they're in a very bad division, and they do, you know, like it or not, they do still have a chance at making the playoffs. And I think as long as you still have a chance to make the playoffs, you should not just punt that opportunity away. I think if you have a chance to make the playoffs, you should always make the playoffs. I mean, look at Philly a couple years ago. Injuries happen. Carson Wentz goes down. Nick Foles steps into the fold. They win the Super Bowl. You just never know. You get in playoff football. You never know what's going to happen. So I think, regardless of record, regardless of how bleak it may look, if you have a chance of the playoffs and you're still alive and kicking, I think you should always make that run within reason. Obviously, if you're like four games left in the season, you're three games back. Maybe chances are you're probably not going to make the playoffs. Odds are pretty low. Maybe at that point, it's time to kind of punt and start thinking about the future. So if Dallas beats Philly, they're still very much in contention. They're three and five. Philly's three five and one. Washington has a bye week this week, so if the Cowboys win, they would jump them. They're still right in the thick of it. They're still fighting for a division. So I don't think that's necessarily a time you want to hit the rebuild button. However, if they lose, they're two and six. The distance grows increasingly bigger. They have a ton of injuries. And it just looks very, very bleak in terms of the Cowboys having a chance to win the division. And it already looks bleak. But the division is so bad, it gives you a little bit of hope. But the reasons I'm not quite in blow-it-up mode yet, the reason I'm still giving the Cowboys another week, I'm still giving them Sunday night, is because, first, the Cowboys O-line is very diminished. They've had a ton, a ton of injuries. Uh, it's hard to blame Zeke for those injuries. I know Zeke was a guy who was getting... His name was getting thrown around a lot in the article about a potential trade piece, a guy you should look to shop, get out from under his big contract. Yes, you just sign him to a big extension, but maybe the production isn't there. He's been fumbling more. He hasn't been producing. Maybe it might be time while he has value to trade him and get some pieces back and start that rebuild. I'm not quite there yet. I don't think I think it's unfair to blame everything on Zeke because the offensive line he's running behind is not the Cowboys offensive line that we're used to. This is an offensive line that is diminished with injuries. They have a, you know a lot of problems up front. And that's not making any excuses for the play. That's just being realistic. You can't expect, you know, 
high caliber offensive line play when you don't even have first string guys and when you're down to trying to figure out different ways you can maneuver the offensive line so you can get the best players on the field you got guys playing out of positions a lot of injuries so I'm not ready to blame Zeke entirely yes the fumbles are on Zeke yes all that's on Zeke but it's not just him it's an offensive line a running back it's a collective problem for the Dallas Cowboys the next reason is they don't have Dak Prescott and yes, I know they struggled with Dak Prescott. I get that. But since Dak Prescott's gotten hurt, the defense has shown a little bit of signs of improvement. Not much, but they at least be able to get off the field once in a while. They're not stuck. It's not. You don't get the feeling as a Cowboys fan, okay, they're gonna, the offense is going to score here. It's just going to be how much can we put up. Can Dak and the offense keep up to what the other team's offense is doing? They've actually had sometimes they get stops, they get off the field, and they've shown some signs of improvement. It seems like they're getting the system a little bit better. I'm still not sold that these players are the right fit for the system. I think long term, you have to have some hard decisions to make, whether you're going to change the scheme or whether you're going to change the players to fit the scheme. So I think if you can eke out this year, get Dak back, you might be all right. But I'm not ready to uh, blow it up yet just because without Dak, it's hard to make a decision because the Cowboys you're seeing right now are not the Cowboys you're going to see in a year from now just simply by the fact that Dak Prescott is not in the offense. It's a completely different team with Andy Dalton or Ben DiNucci under center. It's just completely different. So I'm not ready. That's another reason why I'm hesitant to blow it up. The last reason we have a first-year head coach. Mike McCarthy is first year. We know he's won a Super Bowl before with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, one of his biggest, I guess, red flags is that he was only able to win one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. But sometimes it takes time to implement a new system. We're seeing it, I think, with the play of the players on the field. It looks like, especially on the defensive end, the guys do not fit in the scheme, or maybe the scheme's too complicated, or they just don't fully understand the scheme yet. So I think, in general, I'm not a big fan of teams hiring a coach, and then after the first year firing the coach, or in the middle of the first year firing the coach, I'm not one of those guys who's saying, we got to fire Mike McCarthy. I think it takes time for especially when you have Jason Garrett for however many years he was there. He was there for a long time. It's hard to kind of change some habits and to to bring in a new system. So it's going to take time. These are some growing pains you're expecting. But with all that being said, the Cowboys have to show me something, right? They have to give me something. I'm not, I can't sit here and say all this stuff if they're not going to show me something. Because at the end of the day, yes, there's excuses. You have some injuries. Dak Prescott's out, the offensive line's out, first-year head coach, all of that. But that's still <coughs> sorry, that's still not an excuse for the level of play. You still have to play better. The bottom line is you're in the professional football league, the national football league. You're a professional athlete. You're getting paid a lot of money. You have to show me something, show some sign that, hey, things are moving in the right direction. All hope might not be lost yet. So if they go out and they lay another egg this week and Philly rolls them, they only score score three points again or you know only score seven points and they get blown out by double digits, then I think you at least have to check the market, put out a couple feelers to see, hey, what's what can we get for Zeke? What can we get for a guy like Jalen Smith? Maybe a Michael Gallup? You know who are some of these pieces? And I love Michael Gallup. I, I'm not in any way saying we should trade Michael Gallup. He would be one of the last guys I trade on the team. But I do think you have to at least look at the market and see, hey, what can we get for these guys? Because you're 2-6. and six. Yes, your division sucks, but you don't have a starting quarterback. It's looking very bleak if you lose to the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday. This is as early as a must-win as you can get if you're a team. 
so I'm not ready to blow it up yet, but I will see what happens this week. And if this week goes bad, then I think you have to start looking because at the end of the day, you're paying a lot of money right now for not a lot of production. And that's just a recipe for a terrible franchise, overpaying guys who don't produce. You could trade them, you could get some picks, and you could start the rebuild. It's something to think about if you're the Cowboys. Me personally, I'm ready to give the Cowboys one more week one more shot to show some sort of improvement. If they could come out and sneak a win versus Philadelphia, I'm not blowing it up yet just because we still have life in the division. Now, if we lose, things look a lot bleak, especially if we lose in a bad manner where we get blown out. Then that's when you really have to see the market and see what other guys are worth. Uh, a team that's not stuck in the Dallas Cowboys situation, a team who's definitely in contention mode. They're where the Cowboys thought they were going to be before the season started when they were making moves with bringing in Everson Griffin and all those guys. It's the Green Bay Packers, and there's rumors that they're interested in Will Fuller of Houston. I 100% see why they'd be interested, interested in Houston's Will Fuller. Right now, Green Bay is first in the NFC. Uh, they have to compete with Chicago, who's in their own division, who's also five and one. Or I don't are they still five and one? They, they have to compete with Chicago. They have to be compete with Seattle. They have to compete with Tampa, and they have to compete with Arizona, plus a lot of other teams who are good. New Orleans, I think they're going to make a little push in the second half of the season. Green and you know teams like Seattle, Tampa, Arizona, these teams can score, right? They they put numbers on the board, and Green Bay, they're no slouch either, right? Uh, I think they're one of the better offensive teams in the league. But if there is one glaring weakness uh, with their team, it's at wide receiver. They have Devontae Adams, and he's a stud. Trust me, he's on my fantasy team. He's given me 44 points twice this season. But he's also been hurt, and he's had some games where it's just they can just key in on Devontae Adams that they can almost neutralize him because there's no other threats on the field. And... That's a big problem, especially going into playoff time, because teams are going to pick you apart. You start getting late season, you know, into the playoffs. Teams are going to really, really pick apart that weakness. And that's even just saying, that's giving Devontae Adams the benefit of the doubt that he's going to be healthy. If he gets injured and keep having injury problems, then you're really thin. Then you have no one at receiver, and you're in the same position you were, or the same position Green Bay's always been in without a lot of talent around Rodgers especially on the offensive end and in the skill positions. Um, adding a weapon like Fuller will take a lot of the load off Devontae Adams and the other receivers. But remember, this is important. Remember, fast uh, rewind back to the NFL draft. Packers, first round, were in prime position to take a wide receiver. And they decided to take who we think is going to be Aaron Rodgers' successor in Jordan Love. Packers fans were furious. You know Aaron Rodgers probably wasn't too happy. This is a guy who's been in the same franchise for his whole career. And he's won one Super Bowl. But besides that, they've really been a story of failing uh, to give Aaron Rodgers weapons to work with. And that's been a large part of Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers, I guess, errors and mistakes. is They just haven't been able to give Aaron Rodgers enough to work with. It seems like their Super Bowl window is closing. Now's the time to really make that move to bring in a guy because Rodgers is only getting older. Green Bay knows that. That's why they drafted Jordan Love. The window is closing. The chance to capitalize on Aaron Rodgers, capitalize on this generation talent, 
and win another Super Bowl is getting slimmer and slimmer by the day. So now's your chance, Green Bay. Now's the chance to right the wrong of not taking wide receiver. Now's the chance to kind of get that trust back from Aaron Rodgers, get the trust back from the fan base, finally give him another weapon along with Devontae Adams. That's going to take less pressure. That's going to take the pressure off of Devontae Adams as much. He's, Will Fuller is going to feast because if they just try and double uh, Devontae Adams, that's going to be single coverage from with Will Fuller. And I think it just helps your offense overall as well. You already have a good offense, but for now you do. When you get in the playoffs, it's going to be a completely different game. Teams are going to pick the fact that you only have one serviceable receiver. They're going to pick you apart for that. So now, more than any time, is the time to give Rodgers weapons. Your team's already good. Your team's already a contender. They're already going to be in the Super Bowl race. We know that. So why not do everything you can just to try and get that extra push, that extra umph to get over the hill and get another Super Bowl before Rodgers is out the door? It makes a lot of sense. Moving forward, we're going to talk a little NBA draft. So this one is a little interesting. It's one that didn't surprise me too much, but I was still just a little bit like, huh, interesting. So reports are coming out that LaMelo Ball has not impressed teams with the pre-draft interview process. And when I first saw this, like I said, I wasn't too shocked. Just there's always seems to be some report about the Ball family, whether it's LaMelo, Lonzo, LiAngelo, or even LaVar. LaVar seems to make the most headlines out of all of them. But this is one report that I'm really not going to buy too much into. As at the end of the day... Alright, now we're back. Sorry. So I record the podcast on my computer, and I do have an Apple computer, so when I get a phone call, it plays on my computer, and that's probably what you guys heard at the end of that. There's my girlfriend calling me. She's at the store right now. I figured I'd try and get a podcast in and talk to you guys real quick. Uh, but where are we at? Okay, we're at LaMelo Ball. Reports come out. He has not impressed teams with the pre-draft process. I'm not buying too much into it, because at the end of the day, he's still only a 19-year-old kid. And there's a lot of pressure. I mean, I can't even imagine being a 19-year-old kid. I mean, I'm 20-some, around his age, and I can't imagine going through a whole draft process where you have, you know, really your whole life being picked apart with a fine comb and people trying to, you know, find stuff about you that might make you lose out on millions and millions of dollars. They're trying to see what mistakes you made growing up, what what your character's like, what kind of person you are, when quite honestly, as a 19-year-old person, you don't really even know who you are either. So you're trying to impress these teams so you can make these this, all this money and you know any mistake from your past, any slip-up could cost you potentially millions of dollars. So that's the situation LaMelo Ball and all these NBA draft prospects are in. Is they're young people and they have these huge... They have a lot on their shoulders to impress. And that's just off the basketball court. That's not even talking production on the basketball court, which will come later on after the draft. So this is a lot of pressure. Some guys, from a young age, they don't even blink, right? All the interview processes, they wow every GM. Everyone just praises them for, hey, they're just wise beyond their years. And there's some guys who are just a little immature. And I think maybe LaMelo Ball might fall into the second category. I'm not saying he's immature in a bad way. I'm just saying in terms of his development as a person... He might just be a little further back than a lot of people. That's not saying he's not going to be a phenomenal basketball player. That's not saying he's he can't you know be a top pick. It's just saying that a lot of times some of these younger guys need to develop 
in and a lot of there's some growing pains in terms of figuring out and navigating the waters. And we look at LaMelo Ball. He's a guy that's probably going to be judged harder than NBA prospects, whether he likes it or not, uh, for a, a multitude of reasons. First, he's had eyes on him from a very young age with with Lonzo and LiAngelo and him being the youngest son. You know, his brothers, he has some footsteps to follow and that alone could provide pressure. Uh, and uh, he's taking kind of a different route to the NBA. Switched high schools, had some drama in high school, I believe. Uh, ended up going playing overseas, came back, played high school, went back and played overseas again in Australia. Right, that's the order of things. I think he went, he went high school to Lithuania, back to high school. Because wasn't, wasn't he at Chino Hills? Then he went to Lithuania or whatever league he was in there with his brother, I believe. And then he came back. I think he was at IMG or one of those uh, academies. It was like just like a it was, he was in high school, but really he was just there to play his last couple years of basketball. And then instead of going to college, he went over to Australia and played professionally there. Hasn't played a game since November 30th. So that alone is going to kind of put a little microscope under him. Okay, why are you having so much drama throughout high school and college and all this? Why is there such... It's a circus. You don't want to look like a circus. Plus, teams have seen what LeVar was like when Lonzo got drafted. And LeVar has kind of toned it down since. But still, he did his, his sons no favors. When Lonzo was drafted, he was doing all the talking, going to all the sports shows. I think that turned a lot of teams off. And I think that might have been a force for why Lonzo ended up leaving and getting out of L.A., or at least getting traded from L.A. Just a small reason. You know, there's other, with the Anthony Davis stuff, obviously that was the main driving factor, but I, I can't imagine LeVar, I can't imagine the Lakers weren't super, I'm sure they were willing to get LeVar out of the situation. I think a lot of teams might be weary to bring a guy like LaMelo in just because of LeVar. And that's just the simple fact of it, is that the way LaMelo's past has happened, he has a lot to answer for. And if he, you know, being young and under that much pressure, he might not have great answers. He might have just been doing what his dad was telling him to do. He might not, you know, know what's the right answer to say to these NBA teams, and that might be a reason why he's not impressing in his interview processes. At the end of the day, we don't know why he's not impressing. We don't know if it's character concerns. We don't know if he's just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the process is like. I've never been an NBA draft prospect, but I imagine he... Lamelo, actually, I know he's probably under a lot of stress, under a lot of pressure, and I'm sure he has a lot of questions he has to answer that he might not even have that great of answers to. So I can see how NBA teams might not be super impressed with him. I could see how he could struggle in the interview interview process. But with all that being said, I think Lamelo is going to be just fine. Obviously, he's physically gifted. Uh, he's grown, you know, watching his younger high school tapes, he was a smaller, scrawnier guy. He still needs to put on some more muscle and fill out his frame a little bit, but he's grown. He's he's a tall point guard. He could be a big point guard. He has a good frame. He's a great facilitator. I think there's a lot of room for his jump shot to improve, but I think he has a good jump shot. I, I love his game. I think he, he has everything you want from a point guard. Long, tall, lengthy, good vision, great passer can kind of shoot it a little bit so he checks all the boxes physically and in terms of his game but he he has some boxes that go unchecked in terms of off the court and you know one of those is, what are you getting from his dad you know what what's the story with his you know basketball career up to this point 
I would be very, very surprised, with all that being said, if he fell out of the top five. I mean, you have teams, you know, Golden State at two. I, I don't know. Golden State's looking to probably trade out of that. You have Minnesota at one. Golden State at two. Minnesota, I don't think he's going to go number one. I think Anthony Edwards will probably go number one. Golden State, if Golden State keeps their pick, I know they have a lot of hype for Wiseman, and the, you know there's been a lot of rumors that Golden State might want to take him with a second pick, so I could see that one. Uh, or I could see Golden State trading out of there. Maybe if the right team gets traded, traded into that number two slot, maybe they could take LaMelo La, La there. But in that three, you have Charlotte. I think Charlotte... I could see LaMelo going with Charlotte. They just they don't have Kemba Walker anymore. They're looking for another point guard. But they do have, you know, Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham. It just depends on how how much you believe in those guys, how much you're gonna bank on those guys. And then Chicago, I think I think pairing him with Zach Levine, who's already a bigger guard too, could be a good fit. They already have Colby White though. I, I really I think some teams are gonna take a chance with him. I don't think they're gonna fall out of the top five. But if he does fall out of the top five, the Knicks are at eight, and I think if Lamelo Ball uh, falls to the Knicks at eight, I guarantee, I mean, not almost say guarantee because I don't know for sure, but I would bet that the Knicks would pick up Lamelo Ball at eight if he happened to fall that far. I would be surprised if he falls that far, but if he does fall to eight. It makes a lot of sense for New York. A, just because he's a great basketball player. And B, New York is New York, right? They want to sell tickets. They kind of want to get some juice pumped back into that franchise. And what better way is bringing a guy like LaMelo who already, you know, a lot of people already know LaMelo. He already has this brand. He's kind of a circus. He's going to make headlines maybe, at least early on until he can prove that he's not a diva or not, not diva, but prove he's not. His dad's not going to follow him around. He's not going to have all that, that monkey on his back. He has to prove that first. I think it, it gets fans hyped. I think New York would love it. I think they'd eat it up. So I could see them taking it at 8. And uh, I think he's just a good player. So I, I, that's, At the end of the day, you can fail and you can not have a great interview process. But if you have the, uh, the gifts on the court, the physical abilities that he does have, I think a team's going to ch- take a chance on you. And I think they'll take a chance earlier in the draft rather than later. I would, I think he's going to go top five still. But without, with that being said, this has been Fitz's Sports Show. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you guys so, so much. I mean, I seriously, seriously cannot thank you guys enough. This last episode we recorded did really well. Uh, I got some of my, fa- like, listeners listener wise is about on par with what we normally get but we got them really fast right off the bat so i'm happy that you guys are you know coming out and listening to the podcast if you're new welcome please make sure to you know hit follow on the podcast and follow me on social media normally we do shout outs i didn't get to that today i didn't wasn't prepared enough i didn't have a shout out ready but next episode we will do instagram shout out so if you want a chance to be shouted out uh, on the next podcast episode head over to instagram follow Fitz's Sports Show, and I just do a random follower each episode. I shout them out. So if that's something you're interested in, I know this has probably been a shorter episode. I kind of have been busy. I got uh, I had to work today kind of last minute and didn't really have a chance to, a lot of, to prepare a lot. So I've just spent this last, you know, since I've been home, two hours preparing the podcast. And I, and I do like to prepare these podcasts. I don't like to just come into it and rant because I find that, you know, when I come into it and just kind of rant, 
and without preparation, I really, it just ends up not being a good product and it ends up not being entertaining. So I hope this podcast has provided some sort of entertainment or value to you guys. And I hope you guys come back and I can't wait for the next episode. We're going to be back on Monday. We'll talk some NCAA football Monday, NFL, NBA. We're going to have a bigger, longer episode on Monday. But without further ado, hope you guys have a great, great weekend. Enjoy football. Be safe. You know, wear a mask, social distance. Just, you know, be careful. It's crazy times out there. But thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys on Monday. Let's hit the outro music. You guys have a good weekend.